What up, everybody? It's Cuff of the Vision Lab Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Farmers Insurance, the Robert Garcia Agency. If you're looking for the best insurance and customer service, make sure you pick up the phone and dial 972-645-1844. Whether it's home, life, or business insurance, Robert and his staff are the best at protecting you and your family. Once again, that's Farmers Insurance, the Robert Garcia Agency. Agency. The phone number, 972-645-1844. And the website is farmersagent.com forward slash R Garcia. And don't forget to mention the Vision Lab podcast. This is Bill French, the safe golfer, and you're listening to the Vision Lab podcast with Cuff and Mo. Welcome back to the Vision Lab podcast in partnership with Nexum Creative. I'm your host, Ryan Cuffey, alongside my co-host, Mr. Ryan Mosley. The Vision Lab is a platform focused on growth and exploring the developmental path of people's visions and dreams and how those dreams come into reality. It's all about tapping into and becoming the best versions of ourselves through self-discovery, self-examination, and self-actualization. So we're actually in the week of our annual golf classic, and we've got a banger in the lab tonight. I'm super excited. No stranger to the golf course. Uh, yo, Mo, who do we have on the show? Cuff, today's guest is a native of the beautiful city of Howe, Texas. Uh, he works in the uh, construction safety industry. He is a fan of the show. He is a visionary in his own right. Please welcome Bill French to the Vision Lab podcast. Bill, what up? What, what up? up? What guys? up? Yo. How are you, sir? Very, very good. Very good. First and foremost, uh, thank you for allowing us into your beautiful, humble abode. Um, Absolutely dope setup. Honored to have you guys here. You know, we're out here in the backyard. Uh, got a couple of sticks. We're, we're going to get into it. Um, talking golf, talking cigars, talking a little, you know, libations. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm certainly honored to be here, man. This is uh, this is big. Man, it's, uh, it is big. You know, when you guys asked me to be on the show, I was a little bit taken back. I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm a nobody from nowhere. And I'm excited to be on the show. I'm excited to talk about what we've got, what we've got coming up. So just very, very honored to have you guys here. So how long have you been following TVLP? I've been following TVLP for probably, I would say, about nine months. Uh, a friend of mine who, who is actually Cuff's daughter's godfather, yep. uh, Stephen Solace. Uh, Stephen Solace and I, which is funny to say his first name because I just know him as Solace. Yeah, we all know him as Solace. So, Solace and I played college football together uh, in the wonderful city of Durant, Oklahoma at Southeastern Oklahoma State University, Savages. And we've stayed connected, uh, you know, bonded by the bonded by the ash. And we get together, we smoke. And one night we were out here smoking where we are tonight uh, in my backyard. And he mentioned, hey, you know, my, my boy Cuff, he's got this podcast. You really got to give it a listen. And I spend a lot of time on the road for work. So I, I like podcasts. So, you know, not not too uh, not too later, not too much later after he told me that uh, I hopped on. And started listening, went back to episode one. I had some catching up to do and just started binge listening. Shout out to BP, episode one, season one. The Godfather himself. Yes, sir. I saw him the other day. He's doing great. Um, uh, go ahead, Cuff. You got it. We're real quick, I, before, we, before we even go any further, why don't we uh, give a quick shout out to our sponsor? Absolutely. Um, obviously, uh, Mr. Robert Garcia and the entire family of uh, Farmers Insurance and Allen slash Lucas, Texas. Thank you for all of your support. Uh, visionaries, if you're out there listening and you need any type of insurance, uh, just look up Robert Garcia, Farmers Insurance. Um, Edwina Brown and the entire family of Blowing Smoke Cigar Lounge. 
Uh, thank you guys so much for all of your help. What up, BB? Yeah. Uh, the good guys, Definition Cigars, which coincidentally I just finished off the Solidarity. Uh, Jamon, I know we talked about getting the taste test at uh, the Noir. We, we will be in contact very shortly. Yeah, mm -hmm. Bill, what do you got going? Uh, I am smoking on the Integrity. Yeah. Uh, you know, I couldn't come on the show and not and not be smoking something from the good guys. Absolutely. For Absolutely. Sure. Uh, Crystal and Tim at Class A Baca. Bill, we're going to make sure you get a glass of that before we leave. Mm -hmm. Looking uh, forward to it. Thank you guys for all your support. We look forward to seeing you this weekend at the golf tournament. Um, and, and the Ron, Sheree, David, Taz, the entire crew of Dallas Leap LLC, uh, thank you guys for your support as well, and uh, we look forward to seeing you guys on Saturday as well. So how long uh, have you been smoking cigars? You know, what's funny is, uh, you know, I've been smoking cigars ever since I was able to buy tobacco, ever since I was 18. But those were not what I would now as a, uh, what I would consider an aficionado. I would not call those cigars. Uh, but uh, Now, were they filled with anything? <laughs> you know, that's a different podcast. But on occasion, there may have been. You know, there may have been an occasional night in the, in the in the great town of Howe, Texas, where we had to fill them with something to make our night last. Yeah, well, um, I know your dad is the uh, the mayor. Of he Howe, is the so mayor of Howe, Texas. We don't want to put him in a compromising but, uh, position. But I'm also best, really, really close friends with the uh, the police chief there in Howe, Texas. So, you know, so you're okay. I'm good. You're all right. I'm good. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, the podcast limitations, you know? <laughs> the podcast is a growth mindset podcast. And so we all grow. Um, we I very much grow. At some point, we put something in those cigars back in the day. I know. That's right. Well, speak it's, for yourself. It, <laughs> no. Bless your heart. I lived with a police officer my entire life. Oh. No, sir. Okay. Mm -hmm. Respect she that. She recognized the signs very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to hide that one. Other than I live with a former police officer. And cool water I think they on. lose that, that skill after a while. Mm. Mine's still sharp. <laughs> So been smoking for a bit. Been smoking probably real cigars um, for probably about seven years. Uh, like a lot of people, a little bit intimidating getting into the real cigar game. Started off with the with the uh, the Macanudos, the Hampton Courts, the Portofinos. Uh, started really exploring my palate, stretching, getting into the uh, the Padrones, uh, the My Fathers. Just uh, you know, a, a lot of a lot darker wrappers, and, and just really grew to love the uh, the taste. And uh, obviously, as we all as we all know, this is a it's a form of meditation. This is how we kick back and relax. Now, speaking of meditation, um, since this is our golf week and we're super excited, by the way, guys, August 29th, Saturday, Irving Golf Club, 830 shotgun start. Hope to see you guys there. This is going to be benefiting the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of North Texas as well as the Alzheimer's Association. Uh, once you get registered, we'll take everything else for you. If I'm Correct me if I'm wrong, Cuff. Each golfer receives a golf shirt, a sleeve of golf balls, a golf glove, a golf towel, and it takes care of their barbecue plate for the, for the entire afternoon. Is that correct? Absolutely. And you can actually register uh, at the uh, Irving Golf Club on site, too. So definitely want to see you guys there. You're going to see a ton of posts this week. Um, so thank you for your support. Um, but let's get into it. You kind of open the door. Uh, form of meditation. Another form of meditation is is golfing. Very true. Right. Um, you're no stranger to the links. I'm not. <laughs> uh, I, I'm I'm definitely not. If you ask my wife, I think uh, my my mistress is definitely the golf the golf world the golf courses. Uh, I spend a lot of time out of the golf courses. That's for sure. So why don't we kind of talk and, and, and set the framework for someone that's never played? What can they experience? What should they be experiencing when they get out on the golf course? You know, one thing that I really like 
uh, a beginner to think about is don't take what, what, what a beginner should take seriously is the enjoyment, the camaraderie. And what you need to take seriously is having fun. Take that seriously. Uh, be lighthearted about it. Don't worry what your swing looks like. Don't what your don't don't worry about what your score looks like. Take take the lightheartedness and the camaraderie and the fun seriously. That's what you, that's what you should take seriously. At the end of the day, it's a game. Yeah, for sure. When did you start golfing, Bill? So I started golfing uh, the summer between my freshman and sophomore year in college. Uh, I had some friends. I stayed up in Durant, Oklahoma. Uh, had two jobs. I was still doing football workouts in the morning with, with a few of the other football players that stuck around for the summer rather than go home. And I had some friends that said, hey, we play golf. I was like, you know, uh, I've always been fascinated by golf. By golf. I grew up with, uh, you know, the final round of a golf tournament. I didn't know golf actually had four rounds until I was pretty, uh, probably until I was in college. Uh, but I grew up on Saturday afternoons, or pardon me, Sunday afternoons, every Sunday afternoon, I always remember my mom would have a golf tournament on. She'd be watching golf. She'd be folding laundry. And I would see these scores of, you know. Minus. You know, minus minus 18, minus 20. And I'm like, and I knew that there was, I knew what par was. I knew there was only 18 holes. I'm like, I don't understand. I just don't understand how these guys can go so <laughs> low. And it was a while so I understood that a professional golf tournament had four rounds. But I just always remember golfing on, on Sunday afternoons. My mom watched golf at, uh. Like I said, she, she was a big Freddie Couples fan, you know. So that's that's kind of how I saw golf. It's interesting that, that you mentioned your your mom was the one that was kind of watching golf. And, um, and of course, you talked about, you know, the scorecard. One of the harder things to, to understand in golf is that it's not about how many strokes you get, right, mm -hmm. in terms of it's not the highest score yeah. wins. It's the mm -hmm. lowest score. It's the lowest score. So uh, kind of break down what, what scoring looks like in golf. So, As you said, the word par, yep. and there, there may be some people that are like, okay, I love TVLP. I love what they're doing, but I don't know what the hell golf is about. You know, I always love meeting somebody who they know what golf looks like. They've seen it on TV. They understand that you're trying to put a ball in a hole, but they have no idea what the concept of par is and what the score looks like. So on a normal golf course, very, very typical golf course, you're going to have 18 holes. Uh, par is what the golf course designer has intended on you making on a hole. So if it's a par three, they intend on you, they intend on you putting the ball in the hole in three strokes. Uh, par four, par five, same thing. They intend on you getting the ball in the hole in four or five strokes. And after you, you add up the total of all the pars per hole over 18 holes, the typical golf uh, course is a par 72. So, you know, when you see someone who turns in a uh, a scorecard after four rounds of, you know, 20 under somewhere along the way, whether that was five under over, you know, in, in four days straight or a combination of any numbers, you know, somewhere along the way, their scores added up to be 20 under par over four days. So that's 72 holes. What is a birdie? So a birdie is one under par. So let's say it's a par four. I go from the tee to the fairway, the fairway to the green, uh, and I put it in the hole and I, I won putt, I put it in the hole in three strokes. I made a birdie, which is one under par because par on that hole was a par four. Okay. And what are some other common terms that the novice uh, golfer that may be intrigued with, with the sport in general, what are some, some terms that they would hear out on the golf course? We just kind of mentioned par, we mm -hmm. mentioned birdie. What else would you hear out there? So the novice golfer, and I will uh, that's a, I got a great answer to that one. The novice golfer, when they first start playing, they first get into it, a, a, 
a term, a score term that they, they're definitely going to be familiar with or need to get familiar with is bogey. Uh, I myself, as a, uh, as a diehard, passionate golfer, I have a dog named Bogey because I tend to make several of those. Um, but a bogey is going to be one over par. So on a par four, it took you five strokes or, or five shots to get the ball in the hole. You made a five versus a four. You made a bogey or a double bogey would be two over par. Triple bogey, quad bogey. So, you know, bogeys aren't bad. If you ever talk to someone who's a novice golfer and they say, I'm a bogey golfer, you know, they, they, typically, they typically bogey every hole. They might squeeze in a par here and there. That's, that's not a bad that's golfer. So bogey, they're going to hear a lot of, um, you know, I'm trying to think. What's a scratch golfer? So a scratch golfer is a golfer who traditionally will go out and shoot right around par, maybe one under, maybe one over. But a scratch golfer typically shoots 72. You know? so, the, so they're the guy at the golf course, if you're a regular civilian, you stay away from him because he can take your money. You should definitely stay away from him. Oh, yeah. I've been having to, like, get boned up on these terms because, you know, we were taking all these registrations and yeah. people are asking me, all right, well, what, what's the handicap groups, right. white mm -hmm. levels and all right. that stuff? And I'm just having to ask guys, hey, are you a scratch golfer? And it lets me know where I need to put it. <laughs> so, and that's another that's another good uh, term. That's good. When you talk to somebody uh, and you say you're a golfer, and if you meet a, a fellow passionate golfer, that, that's probably one of the first things they're going to ask. Well, first they're probably going to ask, where do you play? Because they want to figure out, you know, what, what kind of track are you running around? Tracks, another term, they're meaning the golf course. So what's your home track? What's your home course? Where do you play a lot? And then they might come up with, they might follow that up with um, what's your handicap. So your handicap is basically what you typically shoot uh, over par. Now, how, real quick, let's go backwards for a second because there's one more term that I want us to talk about, which is yeah. the eagle, eagle or double eagle. So an eagle is, so let's say I'm on a par five, long hole. And typically the pars, whether it's three, four, or five, the, uh, the shorter holes – are going to be par threes. Uh, the I would call them the medium length holes. Uh, in in America, we measure the holes in yards, and in, in Europe, they measure the holes in meters. Uh, so the the smaller holes, par threes, medium length holes are par fours, and the longer holes are par fives. They've given you because it's a longer hole. They've given you five shots to get the ball in the hole. Uh, so if you're if you happen to get lucky, happen to be really really good, uh, I myself have only made a handful. But uh, if, let's say you're on a par five and you put the ball in the hole in three strokes, which is two under par for that, that hole, par five. So that is an eagle. Now, there's also another term, double eagle. Uh, if you're just, just flat out amazing and you put, uh, you put the ball in the fairway on a par five and you put it in the hole on a par five, which is three under par, that is a double eagle. Now, what's also interesting, if you're ever watching golf and you hear someone say the term albatross so again europe america we're, we always we always got to be a little bit different uh an albatross is a double eagle so think big bird right right so birdie one under uh and then an eagle two under par on that hole double eagle three under par on that hole so essentially the double eagle or the albatross is one step above the perfect hole in one yep yeah yeah uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's not a whole lot of albatrosses. It's just, you don't see a lot of albatrosses. It's a special day. But you know what we did when we went out and played for my birthday? Mm. Remember what happened? So we're coming down the fairway <laughs> on the 10th hole, and we're in the fairway, and we look over. At the Irving Golf Club. At the Irving Golf Club, getting, getting a little warm-up round. You know, if you haven't played it prior to, uh, to the golf tournament, get out there, 
you know, get your feet underneath you, figure out what the figure out where the holes run. But we're coming down the, the fairway on the no no no, it was the eleventh hole. Yeah, was coming down the fairway on the eleventh eleventh hole. We look over to our right, and there's a gentleman on the par three, and he's holding up his golf ball. He's smiling real big. His buddy's taking a picture of him, and I can tell like and this they're is yelling. They're, oh, they're they're, they're pumped. excited. I'm like somebody's day. I have, day I have a made. feeling. I have a feeling. So we 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 weren't too far from him, but we you know. I unfortunately was right next you, to you. Were, you happen to be a little bit wayward. Because I uh, yeah, I, I sliced one out there and and still in play be, and still in play, but I'm I'm next to their green. So so I happen to say, did you uh, did you just make a hole in one? He said I did. We were out there, bro. That that was crazy. Like like to think that I was on a golf course the day that uh, that someone made a hole in one. Yeah, it was it was pretty special. It's, it's very rare. Yeah. Um, so we started talking about handicaps, right? Um, and and really kind of give a, a textbook definition of how to get a handicap. So uh, there's several different uh, apps out there that you can download, uh, and basically you have to start input inputting or uh, you know uploading your scores into an app, and it will take your most recent twenty scores. And it's got a formula in there, and it will come up with your your typical score over par, and it will it will basically issue you what your handicap is. So, you know, someone who typically shoots, uh, someone who's a bogey golfer and typically shoots 18 over par over and over again, uh, they're probably going to be an 18 handicap, 17 or 18 handicap. Now, do they? I've also heard where they will take like 20 scores, drop off your, your best and yeah. your worst. Yeah, so that so they're taking your 20 – they're going to look at your most recent score, your most recent 20, but they're not taking all 20 of those. So the, the formula is going to get rid of your really low scores, which are great. Those are, your, those are your great days. You know, good for you. You had a great day. It's going to get rid of your really high scores. Those are your bad days. And it's going to get – it's going to try to find that middle-of-the-road score that you typically shoot. And it's really going to try to find game. your average. That's your average. That's the type of golfer you are. You know, so if you go out and have a great day, um, you know, you don't, you know, you'll put it in, but you may not see much of a drop in your handicap because it's not going to factor that in. It doesn't want to lower your handicap too much because that may be that may have been just been a one off, and you were on that day. Can I switch gears right quick, Cuff? So, for the novice golfer like myself, right? Um, I played real golf like one time in my entire life, mm -hmm. right? So, of course, we're going to be out here out there on Saturday. We're going to be having a great time. For anybody else who's out there who might be a novice like myself, um, can we talk about golf etiquette? I mean, obviously, I'm familiar That's, with yeah. four. Uh, you told me before we started turning, before we turned the microphones on, or, you know, you can play bad or you can play slow, but you can't play both. Can you yep. just kind of give some, some basic fundamental levels of golf etiquette? Yes. Besides not cheating on the scorecard. Yeah, don't cheat. Don't be a pencil whipper. But uh, – Golf etiquette, it's a uh, man. It's it's honestly, it's it's very very foundational. So you know, trying to be quiet when someone's hitting, trying to be still when someone's hitting. Uh, I will say there's a term that we use a lot as as recreational golfers or as people who golf a lot uh, called ready golf. So typical golf etiquette would be the furthest person from the hole after your tee shot. Let's say you're you're all let's say you you know you're all standing in the fairway, uh, but you can see where you've got four golfers. And someone's 150 yards out, someone's 130 yards out, someone's 110, someone's 100 yards out. So the guy who's 150 yards out, he's further from the hole. Golf etiquette would say that he's gonna he's gonna hit his shot next. But if he's not ready, and we and we all kind of agree, hey guys, we're out here to have fun. We're gonna play ready golf. Well, the guy who's 100 yards in, he may be ready to hit his shot. Let him go. Let him go. I mean, 
in a in a professional golf tournament, he would actually get penalized for playing out of turn. So golf etiquette tr traditionally says that whoever's furthest from the hole, off the tee box, that's whose turn it is to play all the way into the hole. So once you get on the green, if someone's got you know a 50 foot putt, a 30 foot putt, a 40 foot putt, and a 10 foot putt, the the guy with the 50 foot putt, it's his turn. He's gonna putt first. So, but if we're playing ready golf, just step up to your ball and go. Uh, you know something that's real, real prevalent in the golf uh, world right now is pace of play. You know we all we all golf traditionally will take about a four will take four hours to play around, and we we all want to get out there and get our holes in, have our fun, and get pretty much try to get done as soon as we can. So 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 be speedy. Uh, don't worry about playing out of turn. If we've all understand that's ready golf, uh, you know we are smoking some sticks. I will say golf cigar etiquette you know I, I tend to try to ask people before i light up if they're a cigar smoker if they mind that i'm going to smoke i'm not going to say that i'm not going to smoke but i'm going to i'm trying to be courteous i'm trying to be courteous so if you if you know that somebody doesn't like the smell of cigars or that's just not their thing try to stand downwind from them you know don't 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 puff in their you know in their area uh, on the tee box or on the green they'll fire up as they're getting ready to swing and just right as they're getting ready to swing <laughs> try to try to keep the smoke away from them just be courteous but uh, being quiet, being still, uh, yeah, <laughs> rake, rake bunkers. You know, if you end up in a sand trap or a bunker, rake it. Um, Time out. What does that mean? So you're going to have rakes, literally literally like uh, like a leaf, kind of like a, a rake. Under non-COVID, non-pandemic situations. Okay. There's, yeah. a, there's a sand trap. Mm -hmm. Yes. Your ball goes into the sand trap. Mm -hmm. Okay. You got you to gotta hit your ball yeah, out of that yeah, trap. Yeah, they're right. And then so you've disturbed the, the smoothness. The sand might have been all smooth, and then your ball went in there. So then you had to walk in the sand. But you've made footprints. So in you've the made sand. footprints. Then you hit your shot. So you've you've splashed some sand. You've made a divot in the sand. You got to get back out of there. You got to get back out of there. So then before you leave that area of the sand trap of the bunker, you rake it and smooth it. You smooth it out for the following groups behind you. So they have the same playing you know situation, playing sand, the same sand that you hit into. Now since we're talking about the sand trap. Um, a lot of people don't realize when you're actually approaching your ball, yeah. a couple of things that you have to be cognizant of. A, on your practice swings, your your um, your club head is not allowed to touch the sand. Mm -hmm. Secondly, when you hit the when you are on your actual swing and your stroke, you're not supposed to hit the ball first. You hit the sand first. That allows it to carry the ball. Yeah, and, that, and that's not that's not that's not an etiquette thing. The, the, a rules thing is you can't ground your club in the in a bunker. So you have to hover your golf club above the sand. You can't oh, you, you can't, can't let dig, your, dig yourself a little a little, little yeah. runway to get up out so of there. So if it was in grass, yeah, you can you, you can, can touch swipe all you and want. Cut, cut the grass as much. Kind of kind of test that. how much resistance you're going to get from the grass, um, and then. You know, if people try to do that in the sand, they're getting an advantage. It's bad form. You're not supposed to, you know, a, a bunker is a trap. You know, it's a sand trap. You don't want to be in the bunker. It's a penalty, essentially. So you're you're not in position A. You're not in a good place. So kind of a, as a penal situation to that is you're not allowed to ground your club and test the surface of the sand to figure out, okay, is it soft? Is it hard? How is this going to react when I get ready, when I actually hit hit the sand to get my ball out? And to your point in regards to the sand trap and raking the sand, does that go along the lines with, quote, unquote, replacing your divots? Yeah. You know, honestly, that is that's very forgotten. There, there's not a lot of people that replace their divots. A lot of golf uh, carts are going to come with sand bottles. A lot of the, a lot of the sand bottles that are on the golf carts actually have a little bit of fertilizer in them. 
And, and when you make a, a divot in the fairway, uh, golf etiquette will tell you, please take, please, you know, you might see on a scorecard, the golf course has listed out some, some reminders of etiquette. And it'll say, please sand your divots. So they want you to get that sand bottle and fill that hole you just made in the fairway with the sand to level it out. And then, like I said, some of them may have, may even have a little bit of fertilizer to help the grass grow back into that hole. What are some other things that we don't normally think about? And, and I realize that we took this all the way back to kind of a one-on-one level of golf, which is important. We had to. I'm, yeah. not, I'm, not, I'm not a golfer like you guys. So I'm about to have a good time. Exactly. On it's going to be an amazing time. Yeah. And so um, as we approach Saturday and anyone that's listened to the podcast, by the way, if you do like the content that you're listening to, go ahead and subscribe to the Vision Lab podcast. Shout out to Bill for being on the show. But for anyone that's coming out, you know, and they, they want to play, you know, just have a good time, see what golf is all about. Is there anything else that we're forgetting and that we should name or talk about in terms of etiquette? Like, do you have to wear a certain attire? You going do. Out? Yes, you do. And, and that's actually you'll see that a lot on golf course websites. And I had a, I had a friend of mine. Um, he's actually a very, very, very big cigar aficionado. I won't put him out there. I won't I won't uh, won't put him on blast. But uh you know, I'd invited him to, I, I had invited him to come play. He was going to come play. He ended up uh, no call, no showing me. But I tried to um, – this is going to be his first round of golf ever. And I really, really wanted – I didn't want him to be intimidated, and I, but I also didn't want him to show up into a situation where – He wasn't prepared. He wasn't prepared, and he was either going to be embarrassed or intimidated because he wasn't prepared. There is proper golf attire that's very important. Um, you know, you have to wear – Basically, no denim. You're going to see that. No denim. Uh, wear a golf shirt. Uh, well, that's when I say that. That's basically a. Uh, uh, that's basically a collared shirt, short sleeve, short sleeve collared shirt. Tuck your shirt in. Um, basically, no denim. No, no can denim. You wear shorts. No denim. No don't no, no denim. No t-shirts. Yes, you can wear shorts, especially in in our, in our climate. It's 100 degrees. So yeah, definitely wear shorts. But. Uh, you can what about wear golf pants because I've been asking a couple like the past couple weeks, like, where do I get a good pair of golf pants? Despite the weather, I've never seen like a professional golfer like golf in shorts. Well, so where can I get the, some golf pants? Yeah, that's a pro circuit. Too, that, that, right? So the professionals and, and the PGA has actually lightened that regulation a little bit for practice rounds. They've allowed them to wear shorts, but typically it is a regulation on the PGA Tour that for the tournament rounds, they have to wear pants. And if you ask most golfers, they'll tell you. They would much rather wear shorts all four days. Uh, so, I mean, but obviously if it's cooler outside, I wear pants. I wear pants a lot in the fall and the winter. Uh, I'm very lucky to live in the, in the great state of Texas where we can play golf year-round. So just depending on the weather, I wear pants. But if it's hot, I'm definitely wearing shorts. Yeah, I mean, especially being in North Texas, DFW area, you, you've got to wear shorts. Uh, well, I guess you don't have to, but, I mean, it's it's a hell of so a lot I, more comfortable. I've been when looking, you're out man. There I'm like, i got to find me some, like, I've, awkward colored golf pants to get out there. It's just some really good tartan, some good plaid. You yeah. can't go wrong. That's this. That's one thing about the golf attire that you can mix and match colors. You can have flair. Um, you know, be yourself. Express yourself. Be John Daly. Be John Daly. <laughs> There's some great brands out there. So that, that means I can walk to a tee box like a Hooters wing in my mouth? Maybe. I mean, if it helps your swing, go for it, you know. Uh, but you basically just, like I said, no denim and no T-shirts. Okay, so, you know, we we know that as a, as a novice golfer, you know, you want to come out there relaxed, um, abide by the rules, um, pace of play, 
we learned how to do a handy we learned about handicap we learned about scoring um definitely no jeans mm-hmm. right right and mo if you want to wear your your uh camo shorts yeah on my, on my, on my, on my funny, funny colored golf pants yeah you can definitely wear funny funny color golf pants um what other things should should a novice you know golfer need to know prior to hitting the links you know as an as a beginner like very very beginner golfer i mean even before i would call yourself a novice uh please come out and and try the game of golf and, and get hooked on it you know if if you're on the tee box and you tee off with your friends and your drive was bad that's fine if you if you want to play best ball with one of the one of the better golfers in the group and just drop alongside him and and play where he's playing from do it uh, if you want to hit a tee shot off the tee box and you know it's in a bad spot go pick it up and go drop yourself at 100 or 150 yards out and play in from there. Like the, the people you're playing with shouldn't care because you're out there to experience it, learn it. And they won't. And they won't. Yeah, they and, won't. and if they do, then you're playing with the wrong group. Come play with me. Yeah. Uh, because it's, it's, a, it's all about a progression. I mean, when somebody starts playing pickup basketball, you know, they, they can't drain threes. So, you know, just, just come out, have fun. And like I said, if you hit a bad drive off the tee box, go pick it up and play best ball with, the, with uh, somebody – Who's uh, who's playing? You know, who's hitting from a good spot? Drop alongside them, play from where they're playing at, uh, or go pick up your drive and go drop it at the 150 yard marker in the in the in the fairway, or drop it at the 100 yard marker and play in from there. So I've got a question for you. Um, I recently got back into golf about two and a half years ago, maybe three years ago. I was fortunate enough, and obviously we played a couple weekends ago uh, on my birthday. And great played, day. Yeah, it great was a great day. day. We had a fantastic time. And you would never know the cuff just got back into it because the dude can stripe it. <laughs> I appreciate it. A um, lot of a lot of work, which is going to be a part of my question here. But, of course, you got a chance to play with my dad. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was very fortunate to have learned the fundamentals at about 13, 14 years old, you know, you know, either preteen or early teen years. So I definitely learned how to grip the club. Yep. And that's one of the things we really haven't talked about, which is, like, how to grip the club. Um, the interlocking of Inter- interlock or inter- so there's three main grips you're going to hear about. And I really, really encourage there's so many great uh, teaching professionals or uh, yeah, teaching professionals out there, you know, between YouTube and Google, you can teach yourself anything. Go on to YouTube and, and start researching the golf swing and, and grip and stance and alignment, backswing, through swing, follow through and, and take some nuggets from those instructors that you found on YouTube Go out on the driving range, test them out. Um, there's a great book by a guy named Harvey Pinnock who instructed some great professionals like Tom Kite. Get out there. And what, what Harvey Pinnock used to say is, is golf, golf tips uh, or golf. He likes to say golf medicine comes in drops. So if, if someone says swing more to the left or swing more to the right, don't over exaggerate. Just do it a tiny bit because golf medicine comes in drops. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. A, a little bit goes a very long way because golf is a game. Golf is a game of inches. Golf is a game of millimeters. millimeters. I mean, a, a millimeter of an open or a closed club face goes a long way. It's the sexy and the most frustrating thing about oh. about the sport. But it's, uh, you know, if, if I watched, a, I watched a, a movie recently, Ford versus Ferrari. I'm not a big, I'm not a big race car driver. But uh, the uh, the race car driver that, that's featured most uh, in that uh, in that movie, he talks about trying to run the perfect lap, make the tightest turns, and just have the fastest lap he can because he just ran that lap so perfectly. 
And when you get into golf, that's what you're in search of. You're in search of the perfect round. And you, I mean, even though even the professionals who go out and shoot great scores, they will continue to search for the perfect round. And that's that's what that's what keeps you bringing. That's what keeps you coming back. You you may you may go out there and have a bad day on the golf course, but those those two or three amazing shots that you hit, that's that's what keeps you coming back. It, it reminds you that you, you can do it. It's out there. And that's great advice. Um, and again, we're kind of talking to the beginner golfer right now. One of the things that um, I wanted to, to ask as someone that's played for, you know, on a consistent basis for a very long time, is it better for someone that's a newbie to come out and hit the driving range and work on different shots or shots, whether that's their, their driver, mid game, uh, chipping, um, putting, or should they get out there on the course and just kind of, you know, feel it out and learn as they go? You know, I, I would really, really encourage the newbie, spend a little bit of time on the driving range, warm up, but get out on the golf course because that's where you're going to experience it. I myself don't spend probably enough time practicing on in the practice area around the chipping greens and the putting greens. I just don't feel like it's going to put me in a game time situation. You know, being out on the golf course and feeling the stress, that's where you're going to get your real practice. So... And also as a newbie, don't be worried about picking up and skipping a hole. Don't be uh, don't be worried about playing 18 holes. Go out and, you know, ask the golf course before you go. When you select a golf course, you're going to go play. Ask them if they have a nine hole rate and go out and play nine holes, which is only going to take you typically two hours. Uh, it should take you two hours. Uh, so go play nine holes so you don't you don't get burnt out. And, and that's that's a good place to begin is go play nine holes you know, consistently, and then stretch that into 18 holes. And that's a good point because there is, like, fatigue, not from a physical perspective, but from a mental – like, golf is a very mental game, right? And so you will get fatigued in playing 18 if you've never played before. Right. Right. Um, Hold on. I also want to mention, as a a beginner golfer, pick the right tee box. If the guys you're playing with – that's a good point. We haven't talked about that. If the guys you're playing with play a lot, and they're good golfers. You know, they, they've got anywhere between, you know, a, a nine or a 12 handicap or, you know, they're a single digit handicap, you know, four, five, six, something like that. And, and they're playing from the blue tee box or the black tee box. You know, there's not a consistent color of tee boxes. You're typically going to see red, white, blue and black. Uh, but other golf courses mix it up with golds and, and greens and things of that nature. So the teeing area, the, the place, you, the, the, the area you start a, a hole from. If the group you're playing with is, is very, very experienced and they're playing from, let's say they're playing from the blacks. Which is the farthest. Which is the farthest back. So that's going to be what we also call the tips. Go play from the from the whites. Go play from the reds. The, the reds, in my opinion, have a very uh, negative connotation. Everyone likes to call those the ladies' tees. They're not the ladies' tees. They're just the furthest forward. If that's your tee box, you know, play it forward. Play from the right tee box for your playing level. And then as you get more comfortable, you get more experience, then scoot it back. So you have red, white, blue, mm-hmm. and then black. So the reds are going to be the closest to the green. Uh, the whites will be the second closest. Um, the blues will be, you know, kind of where most people will play from, blues or whites. And then your your blacks, also known as the tips, are going to be the furthest. Those are where your scratch golfers yep. or people that are professionals are going to play from. Now, you, you said something very interesting prior to us uh, getting started for the pod 
which is you want to see more blacks involved in the game of golf. I do. You know, I, I, I've played golf with a lot of black golfers and I really enjoy it. Uh, I have a, it's, it's funny. I have a very eclectic music taste and that's, that's a, that's kind of a, a topic in itself as far as music on the golf course. Uh, but I will, I'll break out some old school outcasts, some, some Spodioti Dopolis, you know, I mean, I, I really love golf. I think it lightens the mood or I really love music uh, in golf. I think it lightens the mood. Um, I played from some guys from Kenya. Um, I've played with uh, Brandon from DF, DFW uh, Cigar Porn. Shout out. Shout out to uh, Shout out to Brandon. Long time no hablo, amigo. He's, he's been on the cast. So I, I'd love to see more black golfers. I'd love to see more young black golfers. There's two young black golfers that are actually they're, they're fraternal twins. They're, they're, uh, they're members of my golf club. I love seeing those guys out, those, those kids out working on their game. Uh, they're fantastic golfers. Uh, they come up and say hi. We, 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 we play some putting games together. I just love seeing them on the golf course because at the end of the day, the golf ball does not know who you are. It doesn't know where you come from. It doesn't know how old you are. It doesn't know your gender. It doesn't know your race. It doesn't know your background. It doesn't know your income. The, the, the golf ball is it's an inanimate object. Go out there and, and swing away and have some fun and do what you can do. I absolutely love that. The golf ball doesn't know who you are. Um, why is it so important for you? And let's be clear, you're a white guy. I'm a white guy. Yep. Why is it so important for you to see diversity and people of color on the golf course? Uh, it, going back to what I, what, what I just said, as far as the golf ball doesn't know who you are, um, golf golf is supposed to be diverse. It, uh, it was made for everybody, in my opinion. Obviously, when you go back to the history of golf, it was not made for everybody. But it, it, in my opinion, it was. It, it should be a game that everybody can enjoy. It's, it's a beautiful game. You get to experience the outdoors. You get to experience different locations. You know, I've played golf in some amazing locations. I played golf in Hawaii and in uh, in the great state of Washington, Minnesota, all over Texas, Florida, California. And for those who are intimidated uh, because they think that they're not welcome, they're missing out. So don't don't feel like you're not welcome because you are. And I want to see more diversity. You're missing out on a great sport. You know, what could be done on the side of the, I don't know if you call it the game of golf or the, the golf courses themselves or the golf clubs themselves. What can be done to make people of color feel like they're more welcome when it comes to the game of golf? Honestly, I don't know. Uh, I think the PGA, uh, the PGA of America, which is an organization um, of teaching professionals, has has come to realize that they may lack some diversity and they have put a lot of effort into showing uh, that it is for everyone, that they want more black participation, that want more kids to come out and experience it. Uh, if you if you are a parent and you want your kids to learn a lot of great lessons, I encourage you to look, look in your area and look for some First Tee programs. Uh, the First Tee is built around some pillars as far as uh, discipline and uh camaraderie and respect and I, I can't list them all I'm, i've never been a first team member but the first tee is a great program uh where children can learn a lot more than just how to play golf it's a lot like any other sports it's a lot like whether it's uh boy scouts or ffa or something you get a kid into to, to teach them about discipline and life yeah there's another group and um if you if you guys come out to the golf tournament this saturday um you'll see a lot of members of the pro duffers Pro Duffers kind of do the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, they actually give back to the community. And they've got a, at least when I was growing up, they had a Pro Duffers Juniors. 
So like a, it's kind of what you were talking about, where you take adolescents or preteens and start to teach them the game of golf. Um, I, I certainly believe that, you know, golf is progressing more. Um, you're seeing a lot more color and a lot more diversity on golf courses, but we're not we're not all the way there yet. Right. Not even close. Um, but but it, it is encouraging. I, and I'll say that it's one of the few places. Now, obviously, I haven't been to every golf course that's been you know constructed, but. I've always been welcomed on every course that I've played and I've seen, you know, a, a fair amount of people of color uh, out there playing as well. Did you know it's it's interesting and I, and I know that you know this, but um, Dr. George Grant was the founder and creator of the golf tee. He was a professor yep. at Harvard University. Yeah, professor, dentist and inventor of he, he patented the modern wooden wooden golf tee, which was. I mean, I think a lot of golfers take it for granted that we have tees, right? Well, yeah. you think it's part of the game. It's just part of the game. Uh, that, that had to have come, that had to have been invented when, when golf started. But early on in the first, in the very, very early years of golf, uh, golfers teed it up on, on small piles of sand. You know, they would carry a small cup about the size of a shot glass and they would, they would put sand in there. There were boxes of sand on the tee boxes. They would pack it in there and then put it down and they would perch the ball on top of that little pile of sand. And that's where they would hit the ball off of on the tee box. And then when the modern golf tee was invented, all of a sudden it, it was a breakthrough. Uh, now it was, they were also hard to come by because they weren't mass produced. So uh, very early on, a lot of golf, uh, the wooden golf tee, uh, when, when golf clubs were hick, when persimmons and with hickory shafts, um, they would actually put a small string and a tassel on the golf or on the golf tee. So when they hit it, they could find it because they weren't mass produced. So the wooden golf tee was, it was, it was a luxury a, and a delicacy. Yeah, it was a little bit hard to come by. So they didn't want to lose their tees. And nowadays there's, I mean, I'll you be honest. Find a tee. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest, at, at, the, at the club that I play at, we have a bucket of, of plastic golf tees on the first tee box. You, know, you, can, you can grab you a handful every time you play. We just take it for granted. But someone had to think that there's a better way to do this. And sure enough, George Grant, a black man, said, I can invent a stick, a wooden golf tee. Put a platform that, on it. Put a little platform on it. It holds you, it holds your ball off the ground. This is even better. You know, and I, I mean I've obviously I've never seen the numbers, but I can I could I can only assume that the performance of the golf ball off the wooden golf tee was probably a lot better off of versus being struck off of a small pile of sand. Just the evolution of the game. I mean, like I say, it was a breakthrough. It was yeah. true innovation that took things to the next level. It had to be. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's funny to your point we were talking about it before we turned the mics on, like just small little accomplishments like that were that were you know made by people of color. Uh, for any of you listening, if you have not been to the African-American Museum in, in Washington, D.C., get a ticket and go. It will change your perspective on so many things. Um, can I change gears one time? So let's talk about the actual day of the tournament, right? Ah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, for all you visionaries out there listening, uh, you can walk up and get registered the day of the tournament. Saturday, August 29th, Irving Golf Club. Shotgun start at 830. Uh, thank you to all the sponsors who have signed on up at this point. Uh, Ken Hamlin, or I'm sorry, The Arrival Cigars by Ken Hamlin. Thank you very much. Class A Vodka. Thank you guys very, very much. Uh, there are some others that we will be announcing as well throughout the week. But we definitely appreciate everybody. My question for you is, sir, what are you most looking forward to the day of the tournament? 
honestly, uh, it's I have a feeling that uh, that those those visionaries who have been uh, drawn to the golf tournament, I'm I'm really looking forward to a day of meeting others who listen to the show, uh, who have a like mindset to be uh, to be the best that they can be, uh, enjoy great cigars and uh, have some fun. You know, there, obviously there's going to be a competition going on, but at the end of the day, like I said earlier, take fun seriously. Don't take don't take score seriously. Take fun seriously, and I just think that I, I, I pray for good. I pray for good weather. Amen. Because I have uh, I've played some golf tournaments in some very poor weather, and a lot of times it takes a lot of effort, as y'all know, to organize a golf tournament and and get a field put together, get sponsors put together, and make it happen. Yeah, we actually were we're planning on doing this Father's Day weekend. Yep. So in 2021. Um, this will be on Father's Day weekend. We're not going to interrupt your your Father's Day, but uh, we certainly want to have everybody out that weekend. So, yeah, I mean, the, the pandemic is real, right? And, and there's some precautions that we have in place in terms of social distancing and the like. So uh, you can you know be comfortable in knowing that you'll be out there in, in a good in a good situation that is not going to uh, put you in a position to, you know, uh, get in contact with uh the pandemic, or excuse me, with uh, the coronavirus. Um, but yeah, I mean, now we pushed it back to the end of August and we're excited about it. And um, it's going to be a great day, man. And for those of you who have not seen the Irving Golf Club, it, it's a really, really fun track. Uh, you know, I think, uh, honestly, I think one of the funnest tee shots for those <laughs> ten. Who, for 10. Yeah. For those who haven't seen it, you knew. I'm still mad about that. Oh, it's beautiful. It's uh, it is the tee box is is very much elevated mm -hmm. uh, over the top of the hole. You have a great view of the hole. Uh, you can swing away. It's a wide fairway. Go for it all day. Um, and the backdrop is the, is Dallas. It's, the backdrop is the skyline of Dallas. And you know, I'm not a Dallas native, but I have worked in Dallas for coming up on 14 years. Uh, so I do feel some loyalty to uh, the city of Dallas. And in my opinion, it's one of the greatest skylines in the world. So. You're you're definitely gonna enjoy it. You know what I'm looking forward to, Cuff, is so, that you and I. I mean, this has been a, a, a two man operation, obviously, with the help of your with the help of your dad. Shout out to Russ Cuffy, um, amazing golfer. Uh, yeah, from what I've what I've been told, you uh, better show up come Saturday. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm looking forward to actually meeting some people that we've only talked to like through Instagram messaging or through IG videos, or, like just personal chats. I'm looking forward to actually like meeting some of these people. Uh, Visionaries, Cuff and I appreciate all of the support that you guys have given us up to this point. Yes, thank you. Like you, you have no idea. Like this literally started off. Uh, you know, for those of you who've been following, this started off just from a simple phone call that Cuff made to me in December of 2018 during Christmas break and said, "Hey, I have an idea. Let's talk about it." We literally sat up one night and smoked cigars for like four hours and poked holes in our own plan. And this, and and to see to to see where we went from that night. To where we are now we're hosting an actual golf tournament is is an amazing accomplishment in itself and, and Cuff, you and i know that we're nowhere near what we're trying to get accomplished on a grand scale of things and, and i've actually participated in organizing uh golf tournaments uh i used to help organize a very large corporate golf tournament where we actually had the the course we played out had three 18 hole courses and i uh, i thoroughly uh, commend these guys for what they're doing and it takes so much effort to, to get to this point and i really encourage everybody who owns a set of golf clubs please come out and support uh, the foundations that these are going to and support the podcast and, and come have some fun uh you know one 
go back to golf real quick. One thing I'll, I'll say about the uh, the novice golfer, the beginner golfer, uh, when you get out there and you start playing with people who are um, who are experienced, who've been playing for a long time, in, in the golf uh, world, in the in the golf culture, there's a thing called WITB, and it stands for What's in the Bag. And I'm kind of a gearhead, and I really follow like what the professionals are playing. I look at what my uh, my playing partners are playing, and, and it's just kind of one of those things. Like if you were if you were in a car club, you know, you look at what somebody else is driving, right? What did they put into it? What's under the hood? What's under the hood, right? So what are you carrying? What's in the bag? Well, I will tell you that it took me 14 years of playing golf to finally have a set of golf clubs that everything in my bag was not owned by someone else. Mm. Ooh. So for the novice, See, that's a topic we. For the novice golfer, for the you know, for the beginner golfer, go pick you up a set of clubs. You know, I was out of town for work this week uh, in the great state of Minnesota, which I strongly encourage. If it's summer and you live in a southern state and it's 100 degrees, Minnesota, don't sleep on it. It's it would be a great golf trip. You know, you hear about California and and Myrtle Beach area in South Carolina, you know, Florida. Minnesota has some amazing looking golf courses, especially this time of year when it's super hot and other, you know, in, in the southern time, region. This is the time to go to Minnesota. Go north. So this is the point in my golf career where if I do travel non-pandemic situation, I'm bringing my clubs. Mm-hmm. Like I've gotten to that point. Mm-hmm. Like I may not play well, you know, but I, I'm good enough to say, you know what, I'm going to take four hours on said vacation to go 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 hit them. And I've, I've played on vacations. I've I've taken golf trips and I've taken my clubs. I've rented clubs. Yeah, and most recently, I saw that this past week. <laughs> I did not know where I was going to stay at the end of the day, and coincidentally, ended up staying close enough to some golf courses where you know after five p.m. that's that's my time. Well, what am I going to do? Well, I can go sit in a hotel room. I could catch up on some work. I could you know yeah. I could I could uh, do that. Or I can get out and and I walk when I play golf. Yeah, and that's see, there's so much we didn't get to. You know, I I walk ninety nine point nine percent of the time, and uh, it's 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 you you'll never experience a golf course more than when you walk it, because golf was originally a walking sport. So uh, this week I went. I couldn't convince myself to take my own golf clubs. I didn't know where I was going to be staying. I didn't want to get home and have to wait for my golf clubs to come out on the on the check bag. I wanted to get home, that kind of thing. So I ended up not having my golf clubs with me. I ended up staying close to golf courses. So I called and I, and I asked, you know, what are your rental clubs? They said they're they're junk. And I, <laughs> and, I, and I rented some junk for really cheap. And you know what? I got to experience some golf courses that I would never see because I was in an area that I'd never been to before. I enjoyed it. I got to meet some people. I got to talk to some people that I, never, I would never would have met had I not gone out of my way to go play some golf. And even with with cheaper clubs, I still had a good time. And that's what it's, that, that's what golf's about. It's just about being outdoors, experiencing experiencing the course, seeing the landscape, experiencing the area, learning so much about yourself. Uh, golf is a riddle. This is a loaded question. Obviously, you just talked about how you played with some really poor golf clubs, right? Mm-hmm. How much does technology play into the actual round? You know, there's there's a uh, when it comes to technology, there's there's a there's a range of technology from even from from the golf ball 
uh, itself, and then and also, you know, obviously including the golf clubs. I will say that technology plays um, a huge deal. When you look at, you know, if, if Jack Nicholas had played with the golf clubs that the professionals are playing with now, there's no telling how great he, he would have been. Set, he, he'd have completely reset the record book. Oh, my gosh. Or he might have been so far like, what is this? Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, reverse that. Let, let's say golf technology has had not taken leaps and bounds. And let's say the professionals were still playing with, with wooden head and wooden wooden head headed drivers. They wouldn't be playing as well. The golf courses would be shorter. Uh, the, the whole landscape of, of golf would be different. So technology definitely plays a factor um, in, in how you play and maybe what you score. But, again, it should not affect your your enjoyability of the game. So there's – I mean, we could, we could literally have a, a podcast for four or five hours on golf alone because mm-hmm. there's so much – depth and like to the there's a lot to unpack there's a ton to unpack and so like for anyone that like doesn't watch golf or doesn't care for the sport you may either hear this episode or see it on tv and be like next move on to next but if you really get into it there is so much to unpack and uncover one of the things that um we really haven't talked about is the differences between um pro courses Mm -hmm. and courses that you know, regular Joe's play. Yep. And, and that's just it. There's there's some courses out there that are public that are actually played on the pro circuit on the tour that any average Joe can go play. They may be hard to get on. They may be, they may be expensive. However, when you go play it and you enjoy yourself on it, when, when it's tour time, that golf course is totally different. When they talk about narrowing the fairway, well, all that, all that entails is letting the grass grow. So they could take for the, for the recreational player, when you've got a fairway that's, you know, 70, 80 yards wide, all they've got to do is all they've got to do is let the grass grow, and it will all of a sudden become 30, 40 yards wide. If they let the grass grow, the fairway gets narrow. Um, if they want the rough to get longer and harder to play out of, let the grass grow. If they want the greens to get faster, they cut the greens shorter. They roll them more. So the conditions that the tour players play in on a course that you as an average Joe could still go play are totally different. Plus, they're walking. Now, I know you walk. Yep. Most golfers don't walk their courses. You know, as a walker, and again, I walk 99, 99% of the time. Normally, if you're not in fairly good shape, about that 15th hole, you're going to start to get tired. And these guys walk when, when they play – a Tuesday practice round, a Wednesday program practice round, Thursday through Sunday, if they make the cut uh, tournament rounds, they're walking six days straight, and it takes a toll. And some of these golf courses are big golf courses. They're walking several miles a day. Are they driving bet- like between holes? No. It's all walking. Now there's, a, now, there's a few courses on tour that certain holes have such a gap in between the green to the next tee that they may have a golf court, or they may have a golf cart shuttle, but predominantly they're walking the entire time. Let's go walk a course Sunday. Yeah. Right. I, I, I need to play because I, I got to ramp up my. You trying plan. to make sure your tools? I haven't played in two weeks. You want to make sure your tools are sharp. Well, listen, my my tools and my toolbox. You know, after playing Urban Urban Golf Club once, uh-huh. 
I mean, I, it, it, it's it's like trying to put a puzzle together and the pieces didn't quite fit together the first time. So the next time you play it, you, you're going to have a different approach. Well, then maybe, you know, you, then you, you, you got some of the pieces together better the next time. But then the next time you, you're going to play it a little bit differently, different approach. You're, you're, you're trying to fit all the pieces together. Well, not only that, but the, the, the weather conditions can be yep. different. Your what you ate that day, how you feel. Like Did you get enough sleep? Yeah, like there's just so many different variables. But I I was really um, hot and heavy on getting to the driving range, working on my drive. I, I feel really good about my mid game. Um, and the irony with golf, at least in my for my play, is like my putting game is strong. My mid game is, is adequate, and my, my, my long game, my driver is terrible. Now my no driver's good. Now my driver's good. My mid game is okay, and now my putting is going. But, to crap. but even the pros see that because a lot of times in their practice sessions, they will practice and grind harder on the area that they feel weaker in to yeah. try to prop that up. And you compensate and, you know, and lose but, on the. But other then end. in the you've been spending your practice time, you know, grinding on your your driver so you can hit more fairways. But then all of a sudden you've been neglecting, you know, your putter. So it's it's so hard to match up all facets of the game. It's tough. It's tough, but I, I say that to say, it's it's a level. It's like you know you you've got you know the the uh, fulcrum. Fulcrum is a great word, but I was thinking more like on the on the legal side of things where it's a, a scale a scale that goes back and forth. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, I put a little too much uh, sand in this one. Let me take a couple granules out and put it on this side, and then and then it tips the other way, and you're like, God. But but you're out there and you're figuring this out while you're playing. Mm-hmm. What's funny is when we played uh, on my birthday, I got out there and there's a couple of things I, I noticed on YouTube. I talked to Paul about you know some the, my approach on the drive, and I was implementing that. And and this never happens. All of my balls were going to the left. Yeah, all of them. And then I'm like, what is going on? And so I, you know, you, you make your minor adjustments, but by that time we're coming off the tee box. Yeah. And so uh, you start to work in some of the wrinkles, and and I'm starting to hit it straight, and it, and it felt good. But that's the other thing for me. I'm a very kinetic person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, it's all about the body movement and how you're swinging the club, how your grip is, you know, what's your position, your stance, your feet, so on and so forth. Um, so I have to feel, and that's how I've always played every sport. Mm-hmm. What, I, what I love about golf is golf is one of the most amazing sports when it comes to mirroring life and the, anal- oh, yes. and, and the analogy of golf and life. Because you're going like to have that. good days. You're going to have bad days. But you can't give up. you got to stick with it. You can't drop it. Uh, and, and even through the, the course of one round of golf, through the course of 18 holes, you're going to have good holes. You're going to have bad holes. You've got to stick with it. You've got to grind through it. And then after that round, reflect. What went well? What went bad? Yeah, yeah. Because you're not dead. What can you do better the next time you go out? At the end of each day, what went good, what went bad? Can, can you replicate or repeat what mm-hmm. you did? And that's what's so amazing about the professional golfers. You know, professional golfers make a lot of money. Because in my opinion, golf is the hardest sport in the world to be good at every single time you play it. And when these guys when these guys go out and string together four good rounds and win a golf tournament, then you know you know you they've done something great because yeah. Tom Brady, LeBron James, they can go out and have their B game, 
and the rest of the team be on their A game. And the team can still win a game. You know, they may not win by a lot, but they won. A golfer, you. Who, it's it's all you. So it's just it, the, the ups, the downs, the ebbs and flows. It's It mirrors life. I absolutely agree. And and I it's funny that you said that. And I was it, – it's probably been about two, maybe two and a half, three months. And I'm coming back from around, and I was telling my wife, like, hey – you know, I'm pick, I, I can feel my game getting mm-hmm. better and elevating, right? And I was like, man, this is so analogous to life. Um, and, and even from, from hole to hole, from stroke to stroke, mm-hmm. like you literally can hit the shit out of the ball off the tee box. You're right in the middle of the fairway. You drove it 310, 315. Yep. And, you're, and you're like, you're loving life. And mm-hmm. then you get up there and all of a sudden, boom, you slice it. Where'd that come from? It's like, what did I do different? You know, and then you take that slice and you're off to the far right playing 10, 15 yards away from a tree. You've got some impediments in front of you. You nego- you have to negotiate that just to get your, your ball just in position. Just to get back online. And you do it. And you're like, okay, I executed what I wanted to do is there. And now your approach on, you know, coming up to the green is, okay, well, look, I'm, I'm you know, 40 yards out. Let me Let me chip it up there. And you chip it up, great, good. I'm rolling. I like this thing. This is fun, you know. And then you get to the green, and you putt, and you leave it about six feet short. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Ugh. it's so close. <laughs> like, so my life low is a 74. Yeah. Now I shot that on a par 70. It was it was a it was a short course, so par on that course was 70. But even after I shot the 74. I could look back and think about all the all the the shots that I could have hit better, and could it have been lower? Now on a par seventy two course, the lowest round I've ever shot is an eighty one. And as as a golfer, uh, as as a uh, as an avid golfer, when when you're getting close to breaking eighty, and you come back and you reflect on the eighty one, you start thinking about those three or four shots that could have that you could have shot a seventy eight. You could have shot the seventy nine. Could have shot the seventy seven. And how 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 much of that is life? Yeah. If you just would have made this decision, if you wouldn't have gone out, a small you, little tweak here and there, it, it, and that's really the difference in life. And there's so, there's so many of us in our business realms that, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of us we've had to make cold calls. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've hung up from a cold call and thought that didn't go like I wanted it to. If I just would have said that, I, I, I had I, I've got I've got the game. But I just didn't put it out there the way I wanted to. Or is it that, or is it the fact that like, what happens is, we get the the the, the masters of whatever you're trying to do is, you're in it, but you also have the skill set where you can look down and see where you are in it, mm-hmm. and you can apply whatever is necessary to make sure you get through the door. Yep, that's what it is. Like, like you said, you have the game. You're like, I know what I'm doing, but you're. You're, you're 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 in it. You're on you're you're on the internal side of it. But the person who's got the the bird's eye view can look down and say, "Hey, just veer slightly this way. You're good to go." But if you're in it, you're not going to be able to see it from that perspective. You know, and and those that that goes back to life, business, golf, golfers who can all of a sudden they start around and they're on track. They're they're playing well. Some for some reason, the wheels come off. They're starting to hit bad shots, and evidently they can write the ship for some reason when those golfers who notice what's going on in the moment and they write the ship 
Those ones that win. Those are the ones that win. Well, it boils down to mindset. Yeah. Right. Um, Mental toughness. That's why Tiger's so good. If, if people really watch Tiger Woods, a lot of his shots are freaking terrible. But he makes a count, though, when, he, when well, it's time to. When he's in, it's not only that, but he can take a bad situation make the best out and of make it. the best he, out of he, it. He pulls off the great shots when he has to. Yeah. In, he, in big moments. Did he force everyone to get better? He had to. I mean, it, oh, listen, you, cats you, weren't you, lifting weights no. and, and, and eating right. And Now, what's like, funny is, you know, people like to credit Tiger with the uh, the evolution of, of being fit. But Gary Player. The old dude. The old dude. Yeah. He was he was a uh, he was a huge proponent of fitness. But nobody but in his era, nobody followed his lead. But then as the young golfers watched Tiger and saw how important physical fitness was to game is not the golf game is not just a game, it's not just a hobby for them, it's a sport. And they and they started treating it as such, and they started training to be a golfer. You saw the level increase. So at the same time, you saw the golfers, their fitness was getting better and the technology was getting better. So now you see golfers who are unbelievable athletes. Yeah. yeah the but, the, but the game is in the middle of evolution. Yeah. It was in the in the late 90s, early 2000s. I, I don't know where it is right now, but 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 go, going back to the whole idea, just to keep visionaries like on par, mm -hmm. no pun intended, um, no, full pun intended. Full pun intended. Mm. Um, with with how this relates to life, I mean, you're going to go through ups and downs and, and difficult situations, but your game's not over. No, the round is not over. You have the skills. You have the skills. You've got the tools in your tool bag, your mm -hmm. golf clubs. Yep. Right. It's, it's really going to boil down to your mindset mm -hmm. and how you're going to uh, approach your shot. Yep. Are you going to, you know, you're out in the rough, you know, or, or in a trap or whatever, um, and you're in a difficult situation. That's that's kind of what that equals to, right? Now, what's my mental approach? Am I going to be down because my last three, four, five, six, seven strokes have been bad? I tell people all the time, especially beginner golfers, the most important shot that you are hitting is the shot that you're hitting right now. Yeah, what's in front of you? Because it doesn't matter what, what happened before. It doesn't matter what and it doesn't matter what happened before, and you can't think about what's coming up because it happened. It hasn't happened yet. Set yourself up for success and hit a good shot right now. The most important shot you're playing is a shot you're playing right now. So you can't get too high, you can't get too low. The same thing in life. Struggles are going to come. Don't get down on yourself. But at the same time, when success is rolling in, realize that live in the moment. Don't get too high. Continue to grind. Continue to continue to hustle because. It, it could all fall apart in a nanosecond. It's really what it's all about, man. We've had a, a tremendous amount of fun uh, with you, and we'll probably sit and smoke for a couple more hours. I hope know? so. Absolutely. Um, we got we got a lot of different uh, choices here, including Class A vodka, yep, which I'm a. looking forward to taste. Yeah, we're uh, gonna get that. They, they will be at the first summer as well. We'll make sure you black introduce female French made vodka made from grapes, zero calories. See, that's how you I'm, know he you know he's listening. I'm a little bit you know he's you know, I'm a he's little a bit calorie aware. He's you know, a vision. I'm not a small guy, but I try to I keep try to keep uh, keep track. Yeah. Um, so, who's your favorite golfer? You know, when it comes to I, I, you get that question a lot when you talk to golfers, and it's really easy to when you ask somebody who's your favorite basketball team, who's your favorite football team, hockey team, baseball team. 
those are teams and you get to you get to rally around them based on your ge geographical area your city but when it comes to golfers golfers are so individual they're a one man essentially they're a two-man team them and their caddy but however the caddy can't even hit their shots so they're a one-man team so i kind of have a stable of golfers i i I will always pull for jordan spieth uh i, I watched him i followed him i followed him for his whole round at uh when he was uh when he got a sponsorship sponsorships exemption into the at&t byron nelson uh, when he was 16. he skipped his high school graduation to play in that tournament uh love love me some jordan spieth i will always always be a huge fan of tiger woods uh the greatest golfer i mean i love jack nicholas don't get me wrong but two huge different generations so i will always love uh i, I respect jack but tiger's the greatest of all time he, he's 100 by far you know arguably the goat um phil mickelson and you know kind of a dark horse that i really always pull for and th there's a lot of popular names right now with with jordan speed and, and brooks kepka but who's the guy that always wears orange uh ricky fowler that's right yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I i do love me some ricky fowler ricky ricky has a huge reputation of being one of the nicest guys on tour uh, i love me some bubba watson uh amazing left-hander uh plays golf his own way and but kind of a kind of a a dark horse for me is kevin kisner uh kisner the kids man south carolina guy always genuine amazing golfer and, and plays golf his way love it you know um one thing we really haven't talked about and i and you know the vision lab podcast supports everybody um and that is the female golfer yeah you know um, quick shout out to all the female golfers that are out there. You are invited. Yeah, for oh, sure. Please Absolutely. come out. Please come out. Um, we love, we, we have a flight uh, specifically for uh, female golfers. So make sure you guys come out too. Um, by the way, open invitation to Troy Mullins. Um, if you can ever get out, first of all, visionaries right now, go ahead and put the pod on, on, on pause and go to your Instagram or listen to it at the same time and, and search for Troy Mullins. Mm -hmm. She is basically the Serena of, of golf. So she's uh she's, she's the truth. She's on her way. Uh, so Troy, you got an open invitation if you ever are in the DFW area. So it's time for us to land the plane, if you will, Bill. Mm -hmm. And you're being familiar with the show, you know what's coming. I do. So we're at a round table, just like the one we're sitting at right now. It's you and there are five other seats. Who are your five other guests? You know, and I'm a huge fan of the show, and I knew this was coming. And I've thought about it, and I've thought about it, and I've thought about it. And speak, I'm going I'm to stick to our theme because there's no wrong answer to this question. I, I, had to, I had to tell myself that. And, and it can change can't, on it, a daily it, it can't, basis, it too. Can't be, it can't be my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because nobody – I mean, who you, wouldn't want to talk, to talk to him? Oh, I'm going to have to start with some of the greats. I have to sit down with Arnold Palmer. That's one. Um, for obvious reasons. I mean, he's got he's got a cool drink. Yeah. I got to sit down with Jack Nicholas, 18 majors, the Golden Bear. I got to sit down with Tiger Woods. But, the, but those are my three greats. After that, I want to sit down with my grandfather, Cass Stinson French, Jr., Baptist pastor for 55 years. I want to pick his brain. Uh, I wish I could walk with him every day. And the fifth person, as many guests, the fifth person is always hard to choose. 
because again, there's no wrong answer. And you know, I think I would really, I'd really want to sit down with. I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna. Go, this is so non-golf. This is so non-golf. I want to sit down with Nelson Mandela. And I want to hear. I want to hear. I want to hear his philosophy straight from the horse's mouth. It's a pretty good table. Jack Tiger. Uh, Jack Tiger, Arm Palmer, your grandfather, and Nelson Mandela. It's pretty good. Hey, that's a pretty good five, man. You you can win with that one. No Let's wrong answers. I mean, you can go. Uh, you know, amazing influential people in, in in music and business and religion and sport. But that, I think that would be a really good table. That's a good table for sure. Um, so as we land this plane, first and foremost, thank you again for, for having us. Having man. us. Thank you for opening up your home. Honor's mine. It's it's been amazing, man. We'll, we'll we'll smoke some more for sure. Um, and obviously play a lot more rounds together too. Mm-hmm. I gotta um, get you. <laughs> well, you got me. I man. did listen, get you. I gotta get you. I gotta get you listen, on my A game. Man. I left four out there. I left four strokes out there. But we'll we'll, we'll talk about that on another day. But um, to all of our visionaries that are that are listening. Um, how can they get a hold of, of, of Bill French? You know, if, if you want to go, if you want to get a hold of me, uh, you know, my social media uh, Instagram is at the Safe Golfer. Uh, I'm out there on on Facebook, uh, Bill French. Uh, if you don't, if you can't figure out it's me, it's uh, it's me, my wife, and and our doggos, and Bogey, um, good old Bogey, <laughs> and and the late great uh, Dolly French, but. If you want to go to my LinkedIn page, search Bill French Core Safety Group. My my entire content info is there uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, my email, my phone number, my direct cell phone number is right there on LinkedIn. Give me a call. Uh, I'll talk to you about whatever you want to talk about, whether it's business or especially golf. Man, it's been a, um, a pleasure to get to know you. So as we land this plan, I've got a qu- couple of questions for you. And you. As a fan of the show, I think you kind of know what's coming, or do you? I do. If you were a book, what's the name of your title? Ooh, way to switch it up on him, Cuff. <sighs> Swing hard just in case you hit it. I like that. I like that. You know, you got to go for it. And, you know, even we, we haven't talked about my professional career. Uh, I'm not going to get into it. It's, it's, it's a fun story. But, uh, you know, I've always tried to be me and, you know, always be yourself. Because at the end of the day, uh, as long as yourself, as long as you are yourself, you're going to find yourself in the right place. Swing hard. In case you hit it. Just in case you hit it. That's right. I love that. That's There's a nugget, if I've ever heard one. Um, what advice would you give yourself from five years ago? From five years ago, so invest more in yourself uh, and, and be patient because big things are coming. Let's fast forward the clock five years from now. What's the older version of Bill French saying to you today? Slow down. The older version of me is telling me to slow down and, uh, and, and enjoy it while you're in it because life is short. Take time to smell the roses. That's right. I love that. Well, hey, bro, um, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you into the lab. It's been so great to sit down with you guys. For finally, sure. finally, finally meet the men behind the voices. <laughs> Absolutely. It's dope. So listen, to all of our visionaries, a couple of quick notes. Um, again, golf tournament this Saturday. August 29th, 8.30, Shotgun Start, Irving Golf Club. Um, 
no reason for you guys not to be there. We, we want to see you. We want to shake hands and thank you for your support. Um, bring your golf game out as well as some cigars, and we got some great vendors that are going to be in the building. Um, you know, listen, all of our guests on the show are leaving nuggets on the trail of life. It's really up to you to pick them up. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ryan Mosley. He is Ryan Cuffey. The voice you've been listening to is the safe golfer, Mr. Bill French. Uh, thank you guys so much for your support and your listening. And again, we look forward to seeing you this weekend at the Irvin Golf Club for the annual Vision Lab Golf Classic. Uh, we'll see you next week on another great episode of the Vision Lab Podcast. Blessings. <laughs>